All right. Uh, this is going to be a weird episode because I don't have anything planned. Okay, let's start the show. Everybody. Welcome to Podcast Run Haas. I'm your host, Run Haas. It's a show no one listens to. It's uh, mid July. Uh, sorry for no updates. Uh, essentially, uh, everything I've already said happened already. Uh, my mom's back. It was her birthday recently. Uh, she's hanging in there. Busy times at work ahead. But not enough time for projects, shall we say. I don't really think anyone cares, to be honest. No one really cares what's the Jordan update. Um, I mean, everyone's probably paying attention to game shows, I suppose, if that's the case. And while I would continue game shows, I suppose, there's new episodes, all GSN, till we finish that entire, I think it's 13 or 12 episodes. It's annoying. Um... It's 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 okay, but uh, I, I'm just recording small projects here and there for later down the road if I get more free time for that. And I was trying to figure out writing for the website, and there are days where my writing is good, other days it's not. I I don't think this is really like this is the best platform for it, um, because essentially it boils down to sleep. And just mood checks. Um, so, heads up, if this episode sounds very disorienting, uh, it's because I had to leave multiple times to take care of my mom. That's just the way it goes. I try and make free time, it just never happens. That's okay. Thanks for all the thoughts and prayers. I'm on threads at Jordha. Um, so... Uh, Barbie is out this weekend. I'm excited to uh, hopefully one day see that movie. I, um... I'm coming to terms that I may not be able to see that in theaters. So I'm, I'm just anticipating it eventually shows up on Max. The ones to watch. Um... Uh, but for now... It's just, um... It looks fun. I'm excited for everyone seeing an opening weekend and maybe the week after and see what happens with that or the Oppenheimer or all those memes. Um, and then what's well, all going on? Uh, SAG strikes and writer strikes uh, just show up. Um, that's very fun. Not, not, not striking is not fun. It's, it's fun to talk about, fun to discuss. Um, because it's a real pivotal point in the world of media. I'll get on that in just a little bit. Um, let's talk Barbie for a second. I think Barbie will do very well on the weekend. 
Um, but I'm almost way ahead to predict what's going to happen. So, I have not seen Barbie. I do not know what the Barbie movie is about. So I'm gonna be not spoiling anything. If I if something is right about the Barbie movie, I mean, holy shit. <clears throat> Greta's Barbie movie is about Barbie who lives in the Barbie world. And through mishaps, wants to figure out what is the real world like. Because one day she has a thought that's not really Barbie-esque and goes against the perfection of what it means to be Barbie. Ken jo joins along. As she goes into the real world, she finds out just how cruel and heartless being a woman is in the real world. Additionally, what does it mean to be a guy in the real world isn't necessarily what it is for Ken. So both are conflicted in their perfect plastic worlds how to fit in in the real world. Because that perfection that people idolize with Barbie, simply put, cannot happen in the real world. Additionally, through the worlds of Ken, Ken tries to figure out who exactly Ken is. And therefore, in the real world, is going on a quest to find out that Ken is just Ken. And that becomes a big comedic foil. In this process, we find out, essentially, uh, you can never be perfect, because there is no such thing as perfection. So while little girls do aim to uh, be the perfect person, the way Barbie is always presented, is not necessarily uh, what can happen. So what you can do is be the best person you can be, and not the perfection of somebody else. And that's going to be the main message, most likely, in the Barbie movie. It's a very feminist critique of Barbie the doll, as well as just toy and capitalism, and unvetted capitalism with that, because Barbie. So you're going to have Will Ferrell's character be, uh, if Barbie is here, that would ruin the brand of Barbie to try and lighten up the whole perfect girl concept of Barbie. Uh, additionally, it's all going to be jokes and satire of Barbie and this Ken line and all sorts of fun little ways of toys. And it's going to be very cute, very funny. It's going to have lots of practical shots, fantastic pink, fun decals. It's going to be a fun wink and nod similar to how people love the Lego movie. And I think it's going to be a great movie. However, and this is where it's going to cut to. I think this is going to irk that shitty, asshole, conservative gangbang, as it were. The same, like, 30 shitty people, the Joe Rogan fans and the ilk. Ugh, this is feminist propaganda, and ugh, this is Barbie for little girls, and there are grown guys seeing the Barbie movie, ugh. And that's gonna end up being, like, uh, shitty. Because guys are going to see the Barbie movie. Because from the looks of things, it's also playing up guys who like Barbie. And what does that mean? If you're a guy who likes Barbie, you're gay, right? That's going to be also sending up in this movie, obviously. Uh, so essentially, we're going to get the equivalent of guys who like bar Barbie or gay. And you're also going to end up seeing like homophobia through all these assholes and subtlety. And then you're going to end up seeing a lot of um, really bad media critique for Barbie. 
I once again, I don't know if that Barbie movie is how I'm envisioning it to be, but the media critique is going to be anywhere between uh, this is liberal takes on feminism. It shouldn't be this because it's all corporate because Mattel. It should be something something else. All the way to, well, the Barbie movie sucks because uh, there's it, it's hurting the guys and the male agenda, and this is for women and. It's teaching guys it's okay to cry and it's okay to like girly things. No, we should be all drinking Bud Light and and shoot guns that say woke on a target so we show how cool we are when we're the only country that really does that because we need to stroke our egos. And this movie, even though it's basically poking fun at us, it, it shouldn't do that because I'm a man, okay? Shut up. That's the Barbie movie. And it's going to be awkward. It's going to be ugly. And I think it's going to rake in over a billion dollars at the end of the day. I think it might be the most watched movie of the year if the it all plans out. And it's going to be weird because this will be in the midst of the writer's strike. And now the SAG after a strike. And it's... It's going to be interesting. I think Barbie's going to do well. I, I, I'm excited for Barbie. I don't know how many people aren't happy to see Barbie. Even the people who are kind of like, ugh, I don't want to see Barbie, are kind of like, eh, actually, I could understand this Barbie and enjoy it. I'm not trying to be a let people enjoy things kind of person because I, I think mostly people are going to enjoy it no matter what. But in the let's enjoy things criteria, I think this is one of those you're gonna have to be either really jaded or you have to be a real good media critique to not like this movie. And I wanna see real good media critique on this movie if it's in the bad section. I, I think it's gonna be very rare form. I'm gonna probably wait till Struggle Session talks about it because I love Leslie and Jack. Um, but it's just not going to be necessarily the go-to uh, movie as it were. I think it's not going to. I also think it's not. It's going to probably get maybe a director Oscar for Greta, but nothing else. Or or, or best or all of those background kind of things. The best uh, art design and costume design, but it's not going to get the big one. People are going to get really upset by that near the end of next year. Uh, but I I think it's going to be a fun movie. And then we're all going to get sad and watching Oppenheimer or make Oppenheimer memes or Barbenheimer or whatever it was. Uh, it, it looks like fun. Uh, anyway, let's go into week however it is of the writer's strike. Uh, again, support the writers. They make the blueprint for all my favorite shows. Not just game shows, but everything from game from sitcoms to dramas to soap, to soap operas. You name it. And now with the SAG after people joining in, this is a real heavy duty f fight in Hollywood. And like any sort of uh, unbridled capitalism and low uh, late stage capitalism, the rich assholes are trying their hardest to point at these uh, strikers and saying, well, look, they have all the money, not me. To which it's just sort of weird that you would bring something like that when you look at the company profits and you look at their profits, the bonuses, and how much the richest P 
people make. Uh, what do they get? What, who's the most? Who's the richest comedy writer right now? They don't really say that. They kind of try and pinpoint it to things like actors. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't think The Rock gives a shit how much other actors get paid. I, I think he's pretty happy being the richest person. And I think Chris Pratt is okay spending his money on a megachurch. So I don't think they're really the best examples for, well, you should hold them accountable. No, I think the problem is simply put, and this is just from my perspective as someone who's not in SAG and not in the WGA, the Writers Guild has their shit together right now in all this because the Writers Guild are already like middle class people. No one really gets paid that much in writing, even if they are the screenwriters for big blockbuster movies. They don't get paid that much. I'm sorry, that's just the sad truth of this. And unfortunately, uh, they don't really get paid a lot when it comes in time to something like a streaming service. Which is weird, because there's no real time crunch when it comes to a lot of these shows. They don't have to produce and film and direct by fall. A lot of these shows are are pre-productions and then filmed and recorded as quickly as possible. And then in post-production, it takes the most time, so that way they can edit it, do all the weird CGI bullshit, or I guess nowadays with a way of uh, Secret Wars, AI bullshit... And then they're going to overlay it at a certain time in the schedule for the streaming service because it's just sort of like a movie. It's done. When is it coming out? I don't know. And we just hype it until it's out. And sometimes these shows, they don't really have faith in it, so they just upload it the next day or just subtly upload it and hope nobody actually watches it so they can cancel it. But they're going to air it anyway. Uh, so... For a lot of those writers, they don't get paid that much. They don't really get to see their art until three, four years down the line. And they're really struggling to get the next gig. So a lot of these writers have to end up really having to do some connections and know people and do these little writers groups. And then sometimes have to work aside and work into a, a, a single room or two person room to try and make a script. And that whole collaboration is not really there anymore. The whole writer's room in terms of a late night talk show is barely even there anymore. And with the fact that they're on strike now because of bare bones things like AI, uh, it makes complete sense. I, to me, I think the only thing you can do if you're AI uh, as a writer is not to write the fucking thing. Because th there's no minutia in AI writing. There is no sort of subtlety in AI writing. It's just sort of just jumbled up things that sounds that kind of seem similar to similar things. And maybe that's good enough. But when it comes down to like a good cohesive story, that never happens. Additionally, when it comes to AI work in terms of writing, it, it, you just sort of have a buggy mess that doesn't really connect the dots when it comes to a cohesive story because as many people who write will tell you you're doing a stories and b stories and sometimes c stories and sometimes you don't do just straightforward this leads to this leads to this leads to this you have to make it you have to divert so you assume this will lead to this but they don't get it so now they're actually on the b path and you're kind of you lost their expectation so it adds this sort of oh wait a minute to the movie or you already have the ending and beginning and you're doing a tarantino effect 
it it doesn't work in in these small things if you want to actually maybe and i'm just kind of just spitballing here i i think the best you could kind of do is in final draft because i use final draft there is this like text-to-speech app where you can get people to read lines and it's all the text-to-speech kind of like microsoft saying like i am reading the line oh you're reading the line yes i'm reading the line and it goes like that it, it, it's interesting and i think maybe if you want to make any sort of voucher and i don't think this is really the best one to have an audio sound alike of whoever that actor is uh so that way you have a default to how it is if they're of course if they're already casted if they're not casted then obviously you get better types of speech program so it sounds better so you can have like 40 year old a uh, woman and then you can have young child so that way it could all sort of sound like that so you can hear that in your head because a lot of times what i do is try to write a script and then i use that sort of scenario so i can hear it out loud so i can go oh maybe i should fix it this way versus most rambling writing that i do online which is mostly one and done's drafted straight out of the cuff and i'm not gonna fucking edit shit but when it comes to, to scripts and stuff, I do like to edit. I do like to rework, and I like to see what's a better line. Um, mostly, I like too many lines. Uh, so, uh, to me, that's just sort of uh, how I approach writing, and I think that's the only kind of step for AI. However, that's going to fuck over the Writers Guild. And that's also going to fuck over SAG after members who are actors. And I, I, as much as that would be a cool idea, I think you would have to write out a deal. You would have to do some sort of big ass deal, a voice role AI. Like, hey, if you agree to use your likeness in an AI project of some regard in perpetuity, you have to sign this contract and you have to agree to this term and this is the money and it has to be very flat out and very drawn out otherwise you're selling your soul literally and i think that's going to be a real scary thing that's gonna be very black mirror it's very black mirror if you ask me um but yeah that's to me that's the the worst one is the background actors foreground actors basically all extra work can you be AI generated and then their faces can be used in other scenes and they don't have to get paid if their face ends up in a certain movie. It, it, it just looks ugly and awful and every single time I think about that I think of Space Jam A New Legacy. So I watched Space Jam A New Legacy and I hated it but what's really irking me and this is probably why i don't like ai that much is a lot of it reminds me of that shitty arena of the warner brothers properties like oh yeah here is not just the looney tunes but here's like the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny here is like here's uh, like uh the, the fucking clockwork orange characters and here's some lord of the rings ip and here's the matrix and agent smiths all over the place and without a doubt they never really hired like booked the actors elijah wood didn't agree to shit so you have a really shitty looking uh like characters all over the place it just looks ugly it's just and to me i think that's what the fucking world is and it doesn't matter it, it just looks ugly and, and 
it also still looks ugly in video games. I, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of video games do that whole scan someone's face and then put them on. NBA 2K does it, the Madden games do it, WWE does it, I guess AEW Fight Forever does it. You know, it just looks like garbage. And people think, yeah, this is the future, and we should just pay people one day and that's it. And then we can use it in like some CSI movies, or we can use it as like a Lauren Ipsum. No. I think the SAG after people really got fucked over too. The way it really is, is on a weird membership. And you pay money, and then you can watch a movie. And it's unlimited movies. And somebody has to pay for the rights of that movie, and somebody has to pay the residuals for that. And I think they really can't figure that shit out, especially when it's homebrew production houses. Because the people who make the, the TV shows are also now distributing those. See, if it was a clear, like, here's the producers, here are the distributors, hey, maybe you could write a better deal, you can easily distribute all this stuff, and everything could be fine dandy. But no, 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 no. The AMPTP is all kind of in buddy buddies with the distribution companies because they're also the producers themselves, and they really want to make sure that it's happy because these people, well, producers, and while I understand the whole production side of things, it's also a business side of things. And as everyone can tell you, when it comes down to unions versus Wall Street, businesses are always caught in the middle and they always make the dumbest, stupidest decisions that fuck over everybody. So in the case of this, though, most likely, it's either they're going to try and do anything they can to fuck over the unions and it's going to end up being documented and put into future processes to show the downfall of the entertainment industry in, in the United States. Uh, or you're going to end up seeing uh, tech companies try and be smarter, which they won't because the internet is this wild, wild west that goes unregulated. And we, and we shouldn't have the government look over this. So why should we have businesses look because that's just the way it fucking goes. And for a lot of these companies, they only care about their shareholders and making the stunk go up because that's what tech companies are, is making the investors happy to make the stunk go up. <coughs> and at no point should it plateau. At no point should the stocks go plateau. So cancel movies, cancel TV shows, and fucking don't care. That's the way it goes. And I think that's just, it's just terrible. And the way I'm looking at it is, yes, there's a lot of non-union projects on YouTube. There's a lot of sketch comedy shows on YouTube. There's a lot of, I don't think you can really sag after Twitch streamers because you're a one-man band who you're going to, you know, walk off on. Uh, but... When it comes to a a sort of, of, of TV show or a movie, now that they're online and scripted and follow all of these protocols that come from Hollywood, you, I think the future has to be somewhere where it's creator-driven. It has to be creator-driven. And I understand the producers want to keep their hands in the pockets and save and make these people happy. But 
I don't think that's going to be the future direction of this shit. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot more indie studios, a lot more uh, of these, like, I'm going to say Quibbies, because I think Quibbies the worst term for it. I, I, I'm like, like Criterion Channel or Shudder or, I guess, Crunchyroll. A nichier kind of streaming service. And then the streaming service is all sorts of movies and TV shows. It's very small. They don't update constantly. And I don't think they want to. They want to go for a Patreon approach. You're paying something per month. And you have this backlog of movies and TV shows that we've created in our independent studio. And you can see it whenever. And that's it. And that's how you divvy it up. Because, hey, we know what the revenue is. Because this is our movies. And we've already made the deal with these people. And it works from there. I think that's how you will have to go about this. You'll have to end up more independent studios. You'll have to end up... Uh, I, I think what's going to happen is legitimately, I think a lot of the major companies are going to just implode. They're going to be bought up by tech giants and they're going to end up imploding. So you're going to have like Apple TV by Disney and then you're going to have like Warner Brothers Media, AT&T, PepsiCo, whatever, get bought up by uh, Meta. We'll just say Meta. You're going to just see all of these conglomerates get bought up by even more and be more and more bigger and bigger and bigger because that is late stage capitalism, folks. I hate to keep saying this because it feels like it, it feels like I'm just sounding like the lamest sort of socialist guy. There's capitalism and then there's fucked over capitalism. This is the fucked over capitalism because there's no real means to be profitable by your own thing that you need to buy something just so it could make people happy. And the more and more people catch on to the line that there is no money in any of this, the more it gets worse. Because then that means the money goes down and crashes and oh no, that means we've all failed. You have to admit, and that is the toughest thing to do, none of the numbers are real. It's all not profitable, and people will fail and flop, and that's terrible. Every so often, there will be a movie that shows up that becomes successful, like Barbie, I will say, will be a profitable one, but it's also going to fuck over so many people. I don't know what Margot's cut of the movie is, what Greta's cut of the movie is, how much Mattel is making off the licensing of Barbie, how much Warner Brothers is making off distribution of this movie or production rights. It's not there yet, but something tells me that is essentially what is going to be the case of a movie. And it's going to be a big successful movie, so that's going to be the focus. But at the same time, what do we do about The Flash? Now, what do we do about The Flash? What do we do about Aquaman? What do we what do? we do? And that's going to be the, the, the can they kick down the side. It's ugly. But I think that is the future, is you're going to have to end up doing more independent studio work. And a lot of these mega national corporations are just going to crash and burn or get bought up by an international company. Or it's just going to keep growing and growing. It, it, it's because there's no way to say this is worthless to these people. I, I, It's that whole shark tank. There is no numbers that justify this. I'm out. But with everything, 
Everything is a up in the air. Well, if we can make 400,000 now, we could double that next year and make 800 million. We could do to double that again. So by the end of the decade, we'll be worth 18 bazillion dollars. It doesn't work that way. And I, I think that's just sort of just how this shitty industry is going. I I like movies. I love television shows. I, I want every one of these actors to end up making at least one or two projects that they're proud to make or a fun character they get to perform. Something that they can in take and in sort of just for a little second, even if it's a writing gig or an acting gig, just something where they can go, yeah, I was part of that. That was kind of cool. And then they can move on to something else because it seems like for most actors, it's not really a stable industry. They're going to have to end up being like the working class actor where they are a DoorDash or a Uber or maybe they're still a waiter. I don't know. Do people still do waiting jobs as actors? And they have to like figure out their time for auditions. And it's just sort of like it, it's a little depressing because you have to think the headspace of an actor in Hollywood. Not, not just like the best actors, just think regular guy think like a me probably let's pretend i'm a, a big time actor not big time actor but like an actor i'm an actor hey uh what are you doing here you know that kind of acting uh and i get a call from my agent because i have an agent now i'm i've uh, I, I trained at the ucb in comedy i am a very wicked improvisational comedian Hey, wicked tuna, but I caught a tuna can, chicken of the sea, Charlie Tuna. Wow, that's a ticket kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. We all did fun improv jokes there. Okay. Uh, so, I get a call from the uh, my, my agent, and hey, you know, I have a call to be at Universal at, at 11 o'clock. They didn't give me the sides, you know, the little one-page script. But they said it's an upcoming sitcom. Should be fun because they're looking for a for a late twenties, early thirties guy who's playing a teacher. Okay, well I could try that. I'm in a room with forty other people who are fighting for that job. These same forty people are kind of look a bit like me. Some are taller, some are shorter, rounder, fatter. Some I went to class with at the UCB. Others just have a podcast, just like me. And they all are looking at these papers. They are walking back and forth. They're reading these lines, and they're just trying to dish out the same line. Hello, class. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Belvet. That's it. That's the line. Hello, class. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Belvet. And so what you see is like people going in. Hello, class. My name is Mr. Ah, shit. And they fumble. They got nerves. They lose, essentially, because they couldn't get their composer. But maybe they look for several in the headshots. They might get a callback. Who knows? Others, they're just playing it straight up. Hello, class. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Belvet. 
And that's, that's okay. Others are playing a game show host. Hello, class. Others are going to be playing it more quirky. Hello, class. My name is, is a Mr. Substitute. Others are going to just screw up the entire line altogether. You. You're me. Uh, you're nervous. You're shit 40 people. And then... Hello, class. And you look awkward. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Velvet. Why are you awkward? Can you change it? Can you be more theatrical? And then you do an over-the-top version. Hello, class. And then it's like, okay, well, that's it. Thank you for your time. We'll call you if we need you. That's the acting world. And rinse, repeat that maybe three times a day with auditions or once in a blue moon. Because you never know when that call happens. Most of the time, you get told no. Oh, we'll get around to it. Same thing happens in the writer's room. You, you, you send a packet and, well, it's good, but I'll get back to you. You get told no. Me, I get told no. Outside of the whole writing Instagram, I get told no all the time. And then because you get told no and no and no and no, you start to beat yourself up a lot. Am I not good enough? Do, are they seeing something I'm not? Do I need to change something about me? What's And you're getting desperate. I want to be an actor in this place, but I'm not getting any work. And I have a rent coming up, so you have to work. And now... You are working two jobs. Maybe you're an Uber driver. Maybe you work at CVS. And you're just trying to get enough to make ends meet. Maybe you're sharing an apartment with a friend. Or a complete stranger who's also an actor. And you're just hoping for the best. So you get told no. And then they get told no. We'll get back to you. You'll get a call back. Uh, but they said no. You... You get extra work just to make an extra 200 bucks. Maybe that helps. You try an audition for game shows. It just doesn't work out because I know those people. The most people who are running as an actor are really bad at um, not being an actor. Uh, so you would just beat yourself up and then you give up because that's this industry. You, you give up. And in some of these cases, if it's your Writer's Guild or the SAG-AFTRA, there's that ultra-rare time where you made it. You ended up getting credits in SAG-AFTRA. You, you played a role. Um, you are playing a... Uh, you're on Disney Channel. You're on Disney Channel. You get to be... Uh, they, they rebooted Sweet Life of, of, of Cody and Zach. Zach and Cody make a porno that's on disney channel at all zach and miri make a porno that's the movie uh the, you're you're gonna be doing the cheetah girls reboot we're rebooting the cheetah girls on disney channel and you get to play the, the music journalist who gets to interview the cheetah girls and you get your sag credit and then a few months later you get the call to be on a lifetime drama called uh, Serial Murderers and the People Who Fuck Them. And you get to play one of the wives who gets murdered by a serial killer with a speaking role. And you got paid 
Yeah. But you also got the credit. And therefore, you ended up getting enough to qualify for SEC. Of course, you have to pay like your, your dues, and it's pretty fucking hefty of $5,000. But hey, you know what? I will just max out my credit card, because once I'm in, I'm in. So you end up fighting. You know that the, the union's there for you, but you still can't get any rules, but you're still in the union. That that being a SAG after member means you're finally gonna get the good shit. You're not gonna get independent movies. You're not gonna get stuck doing YouTube videos unless you're desperate or someone's podcast like me. Uh, you are now going to be in the fucking reboot of Columbo. You're gonna be in season three of Poker Face, and you're gonna get called bullshit on. You're gonna be one of the bullshit. You're gonna be on Doctor House Junior as one of the patients. You don't get paid that much. No one does. So the question, and everyone's thinking, oh, you're probably because you're a writer. You're getting paid six figures, maybe seven figures. You're making the money. You're making a salary. Game show work is not that easy. Game show work, unless you are probably on Jeopardy, you don't get paid that much because not a lot of game show writers do the writing gigs for long standing periods of time. For most game show writers, it's just a gig work. They're writing questions that last maybe 10 episodes and that's it and they're done. Others are writing the auto cue. Or writing a, a fun anecdote on a card. That's it. Nothing else. They get to write the uh, coming up. They're playing for $300,000. But the category is tripping them up. That's where we're at. That's where we're going. And yes, it is just disgusting. But that's the way game shows are. And writing is no fucking different these days. I hate to tell you this. Yes, uh, the people who probably work on a, a SAG after a proof show, except for The Chase, I think. The Chase is also probably the same as Jeopardy, maybe. Um, but people who write for things like Riverdale or uh, I'll even say Titans at this point, they probably got paid maybe $2,000 at the end, like per episode. And that's it. Like, they got paid maybe equal amounts to somebody who writes comic books. That's why a lot of the writers are not well-established writers, unless they are being silly. A lot of the times, if you notice this, the actors are also executive producers on a lot of these shows. A lot of content of show creators are also EPs, because the way they work around it is if you get a production credit you get more money in your contract because the producers get a big share of it that's how they work around this whole system and that's how writings is pretty weird so uh, for for writing staff for for all this it's just sort of a you don't get paid well you have to basically spend two three four hours of your time to go there and even if you get a gig, then you have to show up to the studio, get dressed, all that shit. If you have a job, 
you have to basically quit that job to work those few days and then try and get those the job back after that taping is done because you already got paid, but that's not enough for the next week and the next week and getting a check and residuals. So you're just sort of just swimming upstream constantly. And every single once in a while, if you get that break, you have that weird, um, you, you do get that imposter syndrome. I don't deserve this. There are hundreds of people who did better than me. I saw them. I met them. Why am I getting chosen? You, you get that. But you also get, like, the minor check. And then, and then, you don't get that check anymore. So you are now treading water, trying to make ends meet. And you still ask yourself, what the fuck am I doing here? What am I good at? Why am I still doing this? Well, for most people, they just sort of give up or they try and find a better career. Um, let's see here. Like David Arquette. Because um, I like pro wrestling, David Arquette does some indie wrestling on the side. I don't think he does indie wrestling because he needs money, but I will say he does. He loves to um, do some side hustles from time to time, and I think that's just a fun side hustle for him because he loves professional wrestling. But it's guaranteed work if he really wants to just be theatrical for a bit. Instead of just applying for an audition and going on stage, he can just go on stage in the form of the squared circle and start wrestling. And it becomes fun. But I, I, you wonder, like, hey, what's the residuals like on uh, the, the Scream movies? And that's how you... That's what I think. Uh, anyway, uh, it becomes very weird. <laughs> very, very weird. Uh for, for for somebody like me who's mostly on this podcast going, what the fuck is my talents? What the fuck am I good at? Why am I bothering to do this shit and just get into this very sad mood constantly? That's the struggle every person in Hollywood kind of faces every once in a while here. Rather a writer, an actor, a uh, producer even, I would say at times, would probably even feel that way. Um... Because maybe you're a producer, but you are a showrunner, kind of creator kind of producer. And you really want your idea shown and everyone's fucking it up. And then you're thinking, this is not my idea. And this is not my idea. This is not my show. I didn't it all happens. So for sag after people who are in that industry, they don't get paid enough for medical insurance. They don't get paid if... It if they are an actor and they get sick, they still have to pay out of pocket and they don't even have really enough to pay for the gas to get to the fucking auditions to begin with. That's how terrible it all is. Writing in the gaming industry is kind of that way too. We are in this stage where I guess the way to make money is you have to be a hedge fund manager or you have to be one of these uh, weird kids of billionaires who go on Twitter having the Sigma mindset of ETH and, and, and just buy the blue check mark to talk to Elon Musk and you say the dumbest shit. You don't have any media literacy. You don't have any political literacy to figure out why things are the way they are. 
why 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 are these people saying black lives matter when all yeah i wonder why really just can't figure that shit out can you Is it because he'd been living on the, the below deck yacht? The yacht from the hit Bravo reality show, Below Deck? It's just terrible. Just garbage. And that's why I, I stand for these writers. And I stand for the for the WGA and, and SAG-AFTRA. All of these Hollywood people who are basically standing outside in the San Fernando Valley, which I, I don't know if you know this, is over 110 degrees at times. It is not just triple digits, it's almost 110. This is deadly kind of weather for them to protest needing wages. Not just for themselves, for, for each other in a solidarity. Maybe politically they're against each other, but in terms of a union, they are standing strong together. Unless, of course, you are one of these weird uh, DeSantis, Trump-eye weirdos who think, well, maybe this is good to get rid of the SAG because that means that good m movies will happen. Buddy, Pure Fix already exists. If you want to watch some 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 non-woke movies, go go watch The Daily Wire and piss yourself in joy at, at guys who can't really write a fucking screenplay. Try and figure out how action movies work. It's it's a scary time. I think it's one of the scariest times in all of Hollywood. And I think this is that big breakthrough fight between the working class people in Hollywood, which are the writers, and a great chunk of actors, and essentially tech companies. I know we can say producers, and it's easy to say the producers name PTP because yes, they are essentially motion pictures and television producers. But a lot of these people can are only kind of doing what is kind of unfortunately true, which is they're only doing what Netflix and all these streaming services allow. Don't get angry at me. It's on Netflix. So hopefully it gets on TV and you can get that deal, buddy. We gotta follow the trends, kid. It's terrible. It's scary. It's shitty. No one wants this to happen. The only people who are excited about this are people who want to basically break the union into stockholders because they want to fucking break the union so they can make money because then they don't have to pay a lot of residual. They're basically wanting to shut people out the door over the four cent residuals that they made from being on some TV show a decade ago. That's it. All of your favorite actors get a residual check for like eight cents. And they sit there and they laugh like they have to send a fucking check for eight cents. I mean, OK, but I, I was on a fucking like award winning TV show with millions of viewers. The same kind of action that happens with YouTube, I would say. And YouTube is non-union, but the way I have been looking at this direction, just on the outside perspective, is these people have more of a chance to fight than YouTubers who every so often fight about the AdSense costs and fight about how much money they make off ads and subscriptions and super subscriptions and all of this stuff. 
stuff that gets demonetized that they put their heart out it has no copyright whatsoever maybe it's an original movie original show and then uh oh nope can't do it or maybe they are doing tv shows and they're talking about it and uh oh you can't put that in i remember uh a long ass time ago um i was uh, trying to do tv show reviews I'll be right back. Hey, I'm back. So, a long time ago, I used to uh, review television shows. Um, I was really influenced by Charlotte Berger's Screenwipe, and it was a show where I was basically uh, trying to do television show recaps and reviews. And... Every time I uploaded a clip, I got the old C and D on YouTube to the point of no no monetization. And at one point, I lost my account. And it was really sad um, because now we're in this weird world of like TV show and movie critique and when you see things like nostalgia critic back then do it you just get a little bit pissed off just a little bit um so uh that was actually one of the first things i was thinking of doing uh when i was doing game shows i suppose was what if i make it a tele like a youtube video series and that didn't really pan out uh, for my intentions because uh, you have to find footage, edit it, review it, and I didn't want to be like a reviewer of game shows. I would wanted to just kind of do what I've been doing here, which is just ramble partially without any sort of information other than what I've already known about the show, what I just saw, and analytical bullshit around, essentially. Um... And it, 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 it's, I mean, it's, I guess, less copyright problems. But at the same time, I just sort of get a little, a little annoyed. Uh, so, <clears throat> that brings me to, uh, like, a lot of these, these sort of situations going on with uh, different fields. It just, it just annoys me. Um, so of course I stand with SAG and, and Writer's Guild, but, oh, and I just, maybe I just was a different time period. Although, uh, I guess someone won the billion in the Powerball this today. That wasn't me. Uh, I would love to just reboot game shows all day. I think that's what I would have done. It's just like get a studio space and just reboot game shows and play them and see what happens on a YouTube series or so. Um, but we don't have that sort of luxury. So, um, that leaves me to, uh, the last, uh, part of the show, the end of the show. So, um, 
I have been out of the loop in wrestling and video games for the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on. But uh, in terms of game shows, they've been updating. And last week I kind of uh, said what I thought was going to happen. I don't know if it was here or on the Patreon special where I kept people updated on what's been going on in my personal life. But essentially everything I said has been happening is sort of happening. Fox is kind of going to go all in on Ramsey and don't forget the lyrics and singing shows and just be fine with that. ABC is going to try and slow down some of funny game shows. ABC will try and do The Voice and America's Got Talent and spinoffs have Got Talent. And CBS will be the one most fucked up and trying their hardest with Raid the Cage and Loteria Loca. And I I don't know, I don't have faith in one of those shows. I, I just don't know how to feel about a lot of these game shows because we are now at that stage where they're going to pick up a lot of bad formats. And look, here, here's where I'm coming from here. I love game shows. I I know this is the non-game show podcast, and this is supposed to be where I talk video games and TV shows and internet bullshit. I like a lot of internet stuff because of its out-of-the-box thinking, its creativity. Uh, I recently saw a Family Feud documentary that was from last year uh, with all three parts. It was better than my Family Feud episode of game shows, I suppose. And it still pisses me off because, like, I could have done that. They were echoing some of the same shit I was saying. But what what was annoying me the most is knowing that YouTube could be far ahead over all of Hollywood. Because YouTube, uh, they could make months in advance, weeks in advance, different challenge videos, review videos, whatever it takes. And people are going to watch that because that's the way the direction of media has gone is online content. But as far as game shows are concerned, it's tough to do a game show online. I think this will continue to be the main storyline, B storyline on this podcast is an internet game show. Jet Set is one of the better ones that have come out. Do recommend you check that out. I know uh, people try and do Twitch streams of game shows or they play like game show video games online. This isn't that. We're not trying to do Starcade. We're not trying to do esports here. I, I, I mean like an original game show concept on the internet. And most of the time, it's going to be on these streaming services, like Netflix having Cheat, and Hulu having Secret Chef, and Disney having... Yeah. So, it's really about trying to crack that code for an internet game show. And I think of all the people, I might be the one to do that. now. Uh, we talk Mr. Beast like, a shitload of times, and I think we're now at that stage where everyone's just trying to knock him down because he's the number two most subscribed person on YouTube and all the giveaway thing. He's a, like a game show host. <laughs> he's essentially like a really bad game show. He lost a shitload of money doing trains falling into pits. Um, I, I, I saw that video. 
I don't want to, um, I don't want to really critique Mr. Beast videos, but, um, it, it, it basically followed all of the flow of Mr. Beast video, but none of the real, uh, intelligence, the, the, and I put that in air quotes, intelligence of a video. There wasn't really a giveaway. There really wasn't like a cool look at what we do with our fans. It was really like we just blew this shit up. And I mean, like, I get it. Mythbusters sort of that cool explosion thing is always fun to look at. And it's a new thing. But it felt like a waste of budget. And I know that was just. But the thing is, he, he tried something unique. I don't blame him. But he could have done something a lot better. Maybe done a game show again. Maybe do another one of the squid games that people love. Um, but, uh, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, Mr. Beast is a game show host because a lot of his things are challenges to people. But I don't think his YouTube channel is really a game show channel. But I eventually want to see a game show channel of some kind. Unique games being played. And... I want to see fun formats. The best one I saw was Game Garage by Tom Scott. And I think the future of YouTube in the game show sense will be something like Game Garage or something like Game Changer on Dropout. Or it's just these long variety of games and you see some work and some don't work and you just trial and error and you just repeat until people get tired. But it's mostly unique concepts over and over again. And I'm a little disappointed, though, um, in terms of game shows, we're, we haven't gone to that yet. We haven't really reached that cycle in, in game shows, and I would love to just one day see that happen. Um, so, while I think that might be my new change of direction is just eventually get i guess the money and resources to fucking do game shows on the internet and see how that works because i think of all the people i could be the one to break that code something tells me that's just going to be the future is a game show on the internet and it's me and i could do it because i have that confidence to do that i think there's thousands of formats you can do uh, everyone tries to do a split or steal situation. I've saw that Mr. Beast do that a few times. He takes from a lot of game shows. So I think that's kind of the f weird thing about Mr. Beast videos is I could see some of the game formats and where he's pulled from. He's pulled from one for money, for a lot of hide and seek challenges. He has pulled uh, from... Uh, the, the hand on the thing challenge circle challenges which have been endurance competitions on other reality shows so it, it, it fits it sort of fits um, but I think someone has to crack that code and I think that person could be me if I had the money resources and just could break it in its current state though I can't one because focus on mom to not the time and no money all that but I think it's possible and I think you could still do that today 
and I just don't want to do it at this very second when there's still scamming going on. But I, I believe in it. The last time I saw a game show on the internet and I got pissed off was Name Your Price in the G4 era. And I, I mean, that was like early on with this podcast was me blabbering about G4. And I, I heard Austin show is bringing that show back and Hey, I mean, congrats to Austin. I'm sure it's going to be a success because he brings all these streamers and it's 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 for a very younger audience. It wasn't really that at G4. Like, not a lot of people at G4 who grew up with Adam Sessler or Kevin Pereira knew who the fuck Corpse Husband is or Carl Jacobs or QT Cinderella or Dream. But they, they will know who uh, Olivia Munn is. And that's just sort of uh, two different generations. But because this is on his YouTube channel, probably on his Twitch channel, he's going to rake in the resources and money, and, and it's going to be a success. I, I think that's going to be fun, but he already has the numbers. He already can do whatever he wants. And what's the best way to describe this? I think a big problem is a lot of these Twitch streamers, and I am not going to go back into Twitch anytime soon, they try and do a lot of shit, and I think they can get away with it because of their numbers, even if their ideas suck. Like, um, Jerma. Everyone loves Jerma because he's a silly, billy guy who has weird ideas. The same reason someone likes the, the McElroy brothers. And I, some things I just never really got the hang of for Jerma. And like, oh, what was that other guy? The guy who watched The Simpsons in his VR and that guy? Does he still do shit? People still watch YouTube? Do people still watch all this shit? I, I think if I was to try and do a game show format, well, you would need YouTubers and popular streamers to obviously participate. I would want them more in the internet celebrity position. I would want them more in like the password guest rather than the contestant. And it just doesn't feel right. Because when you get like into the, I'm a famous YouTuber, this is my YouTube channel, also I do game shows. I don't feel like it's naturally a growth. I feel like you're just going to go off whatever was the other person's video because we're now in the Aurora Boris of Twitch streamers where you start out doing Minecraft streams and then the next day you're an IRL streamer, then you're doing drama streams, then you're doing movie reviews and you're just going all over the board to find your daddy. And I mean, that's not to, uh, to just wag the finger at these people, but it's definitely one where it's like, I don't know what you do. And I just can't get, I can't hang into that. I, I, the new trend is the NPC TikTok streamer. And I I am not high. I don't drink that often. But when I saw this, I thought I was watching Adult Swim. I thought I was watching... I was on some sort of narcotic because it was trippy as fuck. Essentially, what a, what a, one of these streamers is... The best way to simplify it is... You know like how on Twitch somebody offers up 100 bits and then the Twitch streamer says, thank you for the 100 bits? And then someone subscribes and it's like, hey, thanks for the subscription. 
and then there's like little buttons to mess with the stream like insert a sound effect or a little like uh, video clip plays imagine that but as the entirety of the stream and instead of thank you for the 100 bits and uh, welcome to the army it's all like 50 bucks goes to uh, putting uh, GG on the screen or 100 puts on an ice cream cone and uh, like putting in five bucks, they pop a kernel of popcorn in the in a hair strainer. So you see a person look at the screen and juggle like 20 different things, almost like a game of bop it, where suddenly they're like, gang, gang, ice cream, yum, yum, bang, bang. Oh, gang, gang, yum, yum. Okay, pop it, oh, pop and lock kiss, kiss, GG, gang, gang, oh, ice cream, num, num. Yummy yum, ice cream yum yum, and they just loop it up for five fucking hours. I will fucking lose my shit over five minutes, but they go on for hours. And these are dollar after dollar after currency, real kind of money being thrown out here. So they're making some profit off this stream. Gotta respect that hustle, but man, I cannot handle that. That is, it's like a bop it, pull it, twist it, but with images and some sort of action and nothing else. They don't do anything else. They don't say, hi, let me tell you about my life. No, it just strictly is gang, gang, ice cream, yum, yum. It's so bizarre, so trippy, but that's the future of entertainment. I can't appeal to those people. I just love game shows, but that's kind of where my head goes. So, in this very depressive episode, I have ambitions. I still think I can crack this code. But I'm very well aware I'm getting very old for this shit. And much like what we talked about earlier in the acting section and the writing section, there are days where I just feel like giving up. And I do mean like giving up up there are like days where i just go well no one listens to this fucking podcast anyway so i don't even have to upload or please anybody uh so why the hell do i keep doing this there are other days where i just go well i mean like it's just gonna be one idea and eventually that, that could blow up you never know there are days where i literally just cry and go, this is where the industry is heading. It's the internet, and I'm not even in the movie or TV world. I don't really have a skin in the game for writers or the SAG after it, but I know people who are in those unions, and they need it. And you feel bad. So I, I, for me, I am just in shambles. I, I just feel like a wreck. I feel like, well, I'm never going to be in the fucking Hollywood industry because that's a world of that's a fucking hot mess even if i was i think my paycheck will be 100 bucks i would probably rather be a contestant on a game show at least you get money but unfortunately as is the case a lot of these people that i do do uh, work in game shows which means i violate so many sort of uh agreements when i try and apply so it's fucking it's fucked up uh, so that leaves to going on the internet strike. But internet is very fickle. You have to bust your ass every day on Twitch or bust your ass every day on TikTok. 
and make that new idea. And for me, I am so outdated at this point. I, I feel like a, I feel like one of those uh, what were they called? Uh, the 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 mobile uh, XM radios. Not even an MP3 player. Like the Sirius XM to go. I don't know. I think it was just called XM to go. It was just basically the XM satellite radio in a little battery powered thing. Not even like a chargeable battery like an iPod. Just like AA batteries. And you could just listen to XM radio with headphones on the go before iPhones and before, you know, the more popular option, which is listening it in your car. I had one of those, I believe, and I, I gotta tell you, it didn't work. Even with the subscription, it did not work. Uh, so, I, I, I've come to the conclusion, I feel outdated, I feel disappointed in a lot of things. I wouldn't want to do stuff, but at this point, maybe I have to talk to a therapist about this, you feel like giving up. And then it's that awkward, well, what now stage. And I hate that what now stage so much. I don't want to be a Disney vlogger. There's so many of them. I love Disney rides. I love theme park rides. But I don't want to go into their area. And I, I would love to continue talking game shows, but maybe I'm not the best to talk about them because I've seen way better videos this week. I've seen much better documentaries this whole year. There's a whole museum now opening in New York at the Strong Museum of Play. There's a game show museum and a video game like history museum wing it too. If you go to Rochester, New York, check it out. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. But there are days where I just go, well, I should just probably pack my bags and go. Because obviously I feel like I'm doing the laziest work and it's showing. And I would love to do better work, but I don't have the time. So now what the fuck do you do? Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to conclude with this uh, final thought here. San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. I think that by the time this uploads, it is out. I don't think people are going to be... I mean, people are going to be there, obviously, for comic books and the and the collectibles. That's always what they're there is collectibles. But it's going to be awkward with this whole strike situation. I hope people who are there have a good time, obviously, cosplaying or whatever. But... I don't know if... What's the best way to describe this? I think San Diego Comic-Con might go the way of E3. I know it was originally like it was originally comic books, then became like an entertainment thing where it's like, oh, if like there was no strike, will they be talking about the boys this year, or they talk about uh, will they be talking about uh, the Walking Dead? What would be the San Diego Comic Con discussions? I don't know. I really do not know. Um. It really reminds you of the attack of the show returned last year at this very time, and they never really uh, went anywhere with this whole Comic-Con thing, so it really annoyed. I'm just a little annoyed. 
just just a tad annoyed. So many ideas just fall off the wayside. So many things go down. And Sango Comic Con, I think this could be one of those rare we bad seasons. Unless you're there to meet friends and buy collectibles, there's really nothing there for you. I I wonder. This is just my my last thought here. Do we need the San Diego Comic Con anymore? Will they just eventually turn that into like a like a direct or a Disney 23? Because if they do a Batman convention, people are gonna fucking go to that. I assume. I assume if they do like a Warner meet and greet with Max, I'm sure people could do that. They do a TwitchCon every year. They do a uh, they do a a VidCon. So why not do MaxCon, the ones to watch for for HBO Con? It, it it's just I don't get it. I really am. I'm... Normally I can kind of just say, well, that's just the way the internet goes. That's just the way capitalism goes. That's just the way businesses go for marketing for all this. But. I don't want to talk about I'm talking about me and I don't know where I belong in all this that's that's kind of the truth I've kind of lost figuring out where the hell I go in all this and I know that if I was more awake I would probably still be stuck on the same conclusion the I don't know but for now, it's past midnight. I'm getting tired. I know my talents. I know my strengths. I know things I'm really good at. I have confidence at so many areas. But when it comes to just the basic challenge of just trying to figure out how to market yourself in social media and how to do this and how to do that in terms of just, I guess, what is it? Just marketing yourself? I don't know what to call it. Finding out your strengths and showing them off? Terrible, Adam. But I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. I'm going to be going to bed. I'm going to end up uh, taking a nap. And then tomorrow, I'm going to be probably being on a quest to find Wildberry Pop-Tarts. It wasn't at my supermarket, so I'm going to try and find them. My supermarket, by the way, was featured on Supermarket Stakeout recently, and I was really freaked out. Um, on Food Network. Um, but also, I I want I need to get some medications for my mom as well. So pop tarts and medication. And if you're wondering, should I take some medications? Uh, according to my uh, therapist, it wouldn't hurt, but you don't really need them. You just need to sleep. But she didn't offer a sleep aid. You just need to talk it out, get some sleep, and find some positives in your life. And that's what I'm going to try and do. Find some positives in my life. Anyway, I'm going to go to bed now. You can follow me on social medias at Jordha. Unless it is Blue Sky, in which case it's Jordan Haas. That's just the way it goes. I'll see you tomorrow or next week or whenever. It's Jordan Haas. Signing off.